Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Nice to see you. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? <gasps> well, I, I just welcomed a whole bundle of love into my life. So I adopted a cat over the weekend. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I know. I have my cats. Uh, they're still in New York City with my husband. Um, they're living the high life on the Upper East Side, you know, trying to make it as struggling writers, my two cats, but I was really missing a cat here in Toronto. So I reached out to a local rescue, the Toronto Cat Rescue, and they're fabulous. And um, yeah. and so I just met my little Limpy. Her name is Limpet. So we call her Limpy for short. Oh. And I uh, met her from her foster mom. She is advertised as the most boring cat in the world. She doesn't do absolutely <laughs> anything. <laughs> I was like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and she has a vomiting disorder. I'm like, yes, project. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. She's so wonderful. Wow. She's only barked mo- once. <laughs> Most I- people would not be faced with that and go, yay, I've got a project. I They'd know. be like, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, no, our first cat has a vomiting disorder. So I love the, like, they're, they're really, I love, I love the, uh, the cats with issues. So this one is so cute. And um, I just, yeah, she, she's a tiny black cloud. With oh. a mew, which sounds like a ha- like a broken fire alarm, as my husband says. Just a <laughs> tiny little, it's very sweet. Anyways, that is occupying all the love of my life. I just, I was needing something to uh, take care of. And now I've got uh, a big job and a tiny little, and a tiny little fluffy cat. Oh, well, yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Welcome to the family. Yes, exactly, Limpy. She's going to be contributing to the uh, the hot topics, I think, or perhaps the questions, anonymized. <laughs> I think she has a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, how was your weekend? Um, yeah, my weekend was good. Thanks. My other half got released into the wild. He's out of isolation. You never after s- COVID. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, did he have COVID? Yes, he had COVID, so I hadn't seen him for three weeks. Oh, my um, God. Yes, it was lovely. It's a lovely reunion. Oh, my gosh. Three And three weeks is the quarantine? Or is it like... No, that was a combination of his daughter having COVID and then him having COVID. It was just... And also just timing of when I last saw him. So, yeah. But he went and made it through okay? He did. He was was quite poorly with it, though. Oh. And he said, like, we were discussing at the weekend and he just said, I'm so pleased that I've had the, um, that I had the vaccination. Because he said, if that's how I felt without it, then I dread to think how I would have felt um, if I hadn't have had anything done. Oof. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. All right. (gasps) Okay. We're glad. Glad he's with us. Again. Good. That's good. Good. Yeah. I made him chop down some of my tree at the weekend. (laughs) Of course you did. <laughs> oh, you're feeling better, sweetheart. <laughs> get out in the get out Come in the on. back. Come, Come on, on. It's, a, it's a dry day. Let's tackle this job. I think oh, with a, with a, uh, was the response. This is oh. a great opportunity to to get this sorted. Yes, yes. To prove my love, prove your love for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So yeah, no, but we did have we had some fun times as well. I didn't just put him to work. Oh, okay, good. I hope you made it worth his while. Oh, I did. <laughs> 
Nice. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. Very nice. So, yeah. uh, okay, so I don't know if you guys were in the love shack. Did you get over to the relationship desk of love? I most certainly did. Okay. <laughs> Would not let you down. Oh, very good. Clearly, very good. after I inherited this job. <laughs> yeah. From absolutely nobody. <laughs> from absolutely nobody. It was it was an unfair appointment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was an unfair appointment. I'm stuck with it now. But I'm going to keep delivering. Exactly. So, yeah. This week, you know, we're like a good survey. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a survey which is sharing some results about exploring your friendships and networks and revealing what is the most important thing to us. Mm. So it says, um, here's an overview of the specific friendship types that were that were explored as part of the study. Mm. So they've got seven different types. The first one is lifelong friends, mm. best friends. Mm-hmm. close friends mm-hmm. not sure the difference between the two yeah. um social group friends so this was uh people that you may socialize with but you're not necessarily as close to mm-hmm. activity friends mm-hmm. so people you might go to the gym with be in a book club a dinner club and then friends of convenience so this mm. might be somebody that you share um, carpooling with or maybe mm. share pickups with the children from school. And then the last one was acquaintance friends. So this is um, people at work that you see every day or people that you may see when you're walking your dog. Um, people you speak to, but you don't necessarily know kind of, you know, anything really personal about mm. them. So just acquaintances, people who are familiar in your life, but you haven't got that, oh. that deep bond. So it said, do you need each of them? Um, So it said, to thrive in an increasingly isolated world, it helps us to have connections with others that reflect varying degrees of closeness. Mm. In fact, regardless of age, having friends of all types was positively related to life satisfaction. Mm. Life satisfaction is a global measure of subjective well-being often used to assess happiness and quality of life. Mm. So there, there is a link between the friendships that we hold and how satisfied we'll be and the levels of happiness that we have. It also talked about how many friends do you need? So it said the number of friends tend to be different um, depending on different ages, relationship status, whether you lived alone or you didn't. And this could range anywhere from two or three right up to seven close friends. Mm. So there wasn't a kind of a specific number that you needed in order to um, to have a level of satisfaction. It did vary depending on what else was going on. Mm. But it said the group of people that were most essential to our happiness and this is the one that surprises me the most, is the acquaintance group. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. That's where my How money was on. That? How did you know that? It was because of the earlier relationship news in the pandemic, which oh, was saying that about. The, the lifeline for us was actually the, the person who you'd have a conversation with in the who store. Say hello with. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> well, yeah, I did remember that as well when I was reading it, when I got to the end. Um, but it's interesting though, isn't it? So I guess the summary of the article and the and the data is we do need people in our lives no matter how much we think that we don't. Mm-hmm. And just even that kind of passing hello, the the wave, passing the time of day, just generally being of a happier disposition mm-hmm. will mean that you have a happier overall, a happier life and greater levels yeah. of satisfaction. Oh, yeah. And you will live longer. Ah, yes. So we should all just be nice to each other. 
I do agree. Like the close friends, I'm like that category. You just wanted to make a list of seven because I don't know, close friends versus the like best friends, like right or like your, your lifelong friends. Mm. I don't know. There's a little bit like that's where they're kind of stretching to make more categories. Cause like, I feel like lifelong friends. Yes. Best friends and close friends. I'd kind of call that one. Yeah. Me too. Just say, What's yeah. Ca- yeah. It's that thing, isn't it? When you were at school where well, you're my best, you're my best oh, friend. Oh yeah. You have more than right. one best friend. Right. <laughs> and I think maybe, okay, it's age specific cause you and I happen to be past our thirties. So I think <laughs> maybe, yeah, I think certainly when I was in my early twenties, I would have said, you know, I would have certainly like had, you know how we have like massive walk-in closets for all our friends? Like there's just so many of them. And then as we go on and, (laughs) you know, we leave school, we leave college and we sort of go on, we realize that we're needing a a much more compact micro mini condo for our Mm. uh, friends, but then it becomes much more. Yeah. I think you do need those connections though. Um, Because over the last few weeks, I've really had the chance to catch up with friends I haven't seen for a little while and because they're close friends it doesn't to some degree it doesn't matter however I do think it's important to nurture the relationships but Mm. when you do go out and you have that kind of that top of fun again it just I think it just makes you feel like a whole different person Mm. it's it's like having a little mini overhaul you come back and I always know I'll sleep better Mm. when I've had a night with uh with some good close friends and some mm. good company mm-hmm. and I always know the next day I'm going to wake up and feel so much brighter yeah. and, and just generally more alive yeah, absolutely yeah so That's I so think true. it is super important to stay connected with people yeah yeah you're right I don't do it as well um I'm still trying to sort out like I I'm for some reason sort of boundaries when I was little was not a thing and so I'm kind of used to putting up with just relationships that were never serving me, including the ones with yeah. my own family in, in some respects. And so <laughs> I've spent the better part of 40 years just trying to kind of get away from things that kind of sat on my head, if that makes any sense. So I, I have a I have a lot of struggle with being close because I'm scared of um, – so it's sort of all, always this push-pull. I'm, I'm very poor at keeping in touch. Everybody who mm. knows me knows that. Um, I love to be dragged – I love people when they sort of drag me out and I try to sort of reciprocate, but um, I'm always eternally scared that someone's going to generally sit on my head. So independence is such a, an important thing for me, but it's also a lonely thing too. So mm. it's, it's hard to strike the balance because, you know, friendship is so important. And sometimes you got to let people sit on your head a little bit if you're around people, because that's the way human beings are. We're all a pain in the ass. There's no such thing as like a great, uncomplicated friend, right? They're all, I'm complicated. We're all going to be complicated. So I think striking that balance of letting people in and letting them kind of sit on your head a little bit, knowing that that's a better, healthier state of mind than being solitary and independent. I'm still learning that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, you and lots of others, I think. Oh. We're all work in progress. Yeah, thank you for bringing the friendship into the mix because that's a super yeah. important part of our relationship podcast discourse. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. Would you like a hot topic? Yes, let's go. Today's hot topic. Is it possible to be fully aligned with your partner? <laughs> <laughs> no, no let's move on <laughs> question anybody question? sure 
Do I have any Baileys in my coffee? No. <laughs> I'm too sober for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. well, you know, is it possible to be fully aligned? I kind of, like, I'm saying no. I want to say yes. Mm. But I think and I want to say no, actually. Yeah. I think it's somewhere in between. I think this comes yeah. up in coaching sessions quite a lot mm. where clients feel like, well, often they come because they feel like they're out of alignment with their partner. So that's the first starting position. I don't feel aligned. I don't feel like we're connected. I don't feel like we want the same things. So all of those little pressures that come along in, in everyday life mm-hmm. start to impact and, and create this feeling of misalignment, I think. And sometimes that's okay. I don't I don't think that we have to be fully aligned. But there's this viewpoint isn't there that in order to be happy and have a successful relationship you've both got to be in the same space at the same time Mm. Mm. and I don't know that that bit is true well uh, yeah oh my gosh this is so complicated (laughs) I I mean I I don't know where to start (laughs) yeah because we love the opposites attract we tend to be attracted to people who are opposite and they bring out different things in us but it's the same things that are different that attract us that end up getting under our skin once we get to know each other and get on, you know, on, Mm -hmm. on the path of the relationship. So I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important to not be in alignment in, in many ways because our partner is supposed, the relationships are supposed to teach us something. We don't teach, we don't learn stuff in our comfort zone. We have to be pushed out of our comfort zone a little bit to really learn the hard lessons. I kind of like, it's kind of like eating the vegetables, like the, the shitty vegetables that I hate. Um, it's kind of like eating that to get to the better vegetables. That's kind of my thought. Uh, well, I hear you, but I do disagree a little bit as well, because whilst it's good to be pushed out of your comfort zone and to grow and be challenged, I don't think you need that all the time. And if mm. you've got it all the time, it can feel quite wearing that you never feel like you're in a place of just stillness or contentment mm. or happiness. Mm. So I, Whilst I totally agree that it's good to be challenged, I wouldn't do the role that I do. I wouldn't do half the things mm. that I do if I didn't. Um, but this this thing about alignment, I think, in your relationship is often I think the reason that it comes up is because we feel like we should be always happy and content and in that space. Mm. So if I ask the question slightly differently, do I think do I think we always have to be happy and in in the same space together then my answer would definitely be no um mm-hmm. is it possible to be there then yes so I realize I'm not helping this <laughs> discussion yeah. much well do you get what I'm saying I do I but I think okay so we usually start with this first um so let's define alignment okay let's let's, let's start there because we might have different yeah what does alignment mean for you I, so for me alignment is it is around this contentment about being happy about where you're at so I don't think for me alignment means that you have the same views you always want to do the same things you fully share the same exactly the same views on everything for me that's not what alignment is alignment for me is that we're really comfortable in the space that we're at we're content and we're happy with each other Mm. we're not there's not one person that feels like they're at a greater role you know greater disadvantage than the other one you have so there will be like support is is a word that's coming to my mind so you support each other in the in the 
in the areas that you want to be in in your life there's not one party that feels like they're more disadvantaged than the other or given mm. more mm. so you, you you're putting equal amounts of effort and um into the relationship and you want to make each other happy on an equal so I guess alignment for me is around what, what I'm saying is around this equality mm. as well ah uh, isn't that fun? okay so fairness is yeah. coming up well fairness obviously fairness and fun (laughs) fairness and fun yeah okay I just can't live without either of them yeah okay 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 so okay so I think that shows our cards because for me alignment is like if if both people were to put their top three values down on a piece of paper for themselves would they yeah it's all about values for me like their top three (laughs) values let's say not even top 10 top three values Mm. do they feel like they can live in alignment with their own values in their relationship like do they feel that the things that are important to them are seen and respected and that's given oxygen by their partner in the relationship but do you think any of the same set of top three values No, 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 no. no. Yeah. So you could have, in fact, you will have totally different values, but that, you know, for those three values, let's say the top three values for you, that they are seen, respected, given space and oxygen in your relationship, Mm -hmm. that your partner sees, you know, the important things may likely doesn't share those things. I've, I've almost never seen couples like completely aligned on their values, which is the beautiful thing. It's why we choose each other. Mm -hmm. Um, We often have very different values, but that, but that both have recognized that they have different values, that they see and hear the other set of values, and they create a space and a nurturing space for that other person to live into their values. So then if you base it on that definition and you ask the question, is it possible to be fully aligned, Mm -hmm. then surely the answer would have to be yes. Yes, yeah. But aligned, but in this sort of way where like your puzzle pieces, that you're different shapes, Mm. but that you fit together yeah. Uh, because of the way that, or that you've made an intention to sort of fit together, but that you're not so aligned, but very different. Yeah. I think independence and individuality has always been super important just because like, I have always found, I think we all feel that we're not, a, you know, no two humans are alike. And I, I, that is very true for me. So alignment, not despite our differences, but alignment because of our differences. Like, mm. uh, yeah. But this is like, we've talked about it in the past about interdependence versus independence ah so and the two being completely different in that you're allowed to be different but you're still connected in the relationship and you're still supported that's so that's an interesting so for some alignment at first glance might be codependence so they might be like we do everything together Mm. um i was gonna say we have matching christmas pajamas but like I suppose that's, that's not... That's quite a big thing now. That's not unusual. <laughs> I know. That's not a codependent it's sign. It, just wait. The Instagram posts are <gasps> I tell hovering. You. They're hovering. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I. Uh, that's a whole other situation. I don't know if like absolutely everybody in the family is like bought into the Christmas pajama thing. I have a feeling that some people are sort of grudging participants in the Christmas pajama thing. But just saying. Um, I have absolutely but will they all be posting on Instagram oh yes they will (laughs) I know maybe we should have like a separate talk about the holiday pajamas because I don't know (laughs) I I have uh, that's okay that's a whole other thing because enmeshment enmeshment was a big thing sort of in my family where we were expected to all do things together and not be Mm. individuals so oh maybe that's why I'm kind of like pushing back against alignment because you know, my, my worry is that alignment pushes us into enmeshment 
and codependence. Mm. And I, I like to kind of have the individuality thrive and be aligned despite and because of our differences. So yeah, difference is important, I think. Yeah, but I think you absolutely can be. I don't think to have alignment, you have to be exactly the same. I don't yeah. think it means that you have to have the same views or opinions or want to do the same things. Yeah. I think it's helpful if you want to spend some time together doing common activities mm -hmm. because that's where you get connection and you can have you know really build some rituals and and have that dedicated space because otherwise you're in a whole different arena of transactional relationship where you're kind of trading time off for each other and there's very little time for connection and you then right. start to question actually why are we together what is yeah. it that I get out of this relationship um but again whole different podcast yeah <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> it's coming it's coming um but yeah so for me can you be is it possible to be fully aligned with your partner yes I think it is I think there are lots of things that get in the way so particularly at times of conflict and I think we've talked about it before around the negativity cycle so this um the, this situation where you you're often, and you don't even have to be in conflict, actually. You can just get it where people put varying degrees of effort into the relationship. Mm. And then they get a bit tired because they're not seeing the other party come back with mm. the desired results that they want to see. So then they take their foot off the brake and, and kind of step away from it or foot off the gas even. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get my analogy mixed up here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so but they'll you know they'll kind of ease off with the effort and back off because they are not seeing the reward for the for the effort that they're putting in mm -hmm. so then the other party gets a bit panicked and they go oh I better do something I need to step mm. up here and then then the cycle begins so the key thing if you're out of alignment is to understand exactly what each party needs so going back to what you said mm. around being seen being heard mm. what is it you know what are those needs that I want to be met what are the values that I've got that aren't being upheld and where are the gaps and mm. then how do you both stand up and both step forward I think both put the effort in mm. because that's the challenge isn't it yeah when you're out of alignment it's this you're almost in a mis misstep you know there's somebody who's a few feet ahead and then they yeah. kind of take drop back a bit and the other person's ahead and you never yeah. actually feel like you're walking in step together yeah I'm thinking about like a, a staring contest like who's gonna blink first <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna blink first I'm gonna yeah. wait till you blink and then I'll blink yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's actually usually the standstill is like I'm not going to put any effort in because there's yeah. I have a story in my mind about how you don't put effort in and I'm always the person doing the doing the yeah. needful um yeah. where the per other person has a totally different story yeah it's true yeah. yeah and that's a classic case of just getting in your own way isn't it self-sabotage mm. so yeah and when we look at it from a rational level it's bonkers yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> at all but we yeah. see it playing out in relationships all mm. of the time. We see mm. it in our own relationships, let's mm. face it. Mm. Um, you know, how many times have you just gone enough now? I'm not doing that anymore. And you kind of sit there like a stubborn child in the corner. <laughs> waiting <laughs> <Often>. for some... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. And But the reality is when you take a step back from that, where is that getting you? It mm. just makes you feel super grumpy and pissed for a few weeks. <laughs> 
I think about the kid who's like sitting in the corner all in a huff and just yeah. waiting for somebody to be like, oh, you're in the corner, oh, but they never come. No. Uh, what's wrong? I know. And then they're like, oh, screw it. I guess I'll go and play again because nobody's noticing my yeah. like sad self-pity party. Like no one wants yeah. to join the pity party with me. <laughs> so I exactly. might as well just go back in the game. And they're having fun. They're, they're still in the That's, game. That's, <laughs> yeah. They're having fun. I'm missing out. Yeah. Might as well just yeah. go back and have fun. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Yeah. So alignment, it is actually a really like, hmm. I think we've scratched the surface. And I, yeah, but going back to that point about definition, that is something to get real clarity on between both of you because that's part of meeting the needs is to understand the needs in the first place so if you were if you're listening to this and you're thinking actually I never feel aligned with my partner really start with that definition what does alignment mean to you because Mm. clearly we've just demonstrated there there's two different views and Mm. there's only two of us in the conversation (laughs) so Mm -hmm. other people out there will know that this means something different to them so it's maybe just having that conversation with your partner as well what does alignment mean to you do you feel like we're in alignment because they may feel like they are Mm -hmm. when you feel like you're not so there's a gap there to be addressed yeah and and don't be afraid to sort of start with like hey so this is what alignment means for me what does alignment mean for you because you know even arriving at shared definitions it's something we assume and at our peril so just start with definitions yeah beautiful mm-hmm. okay that's got me yeah. thinking well i know what i'm talking about at dinner tonight <laughs> <laughs> totally the wood that needs still to be chopped and alignment oh yes indeed mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> all right shall we do a question yeah let's go for it okay. today's question is my husband is an alcoholic is it okay to leave him if he won't get help? Mm. <laughs> I feel this one. Yeah. Mm. I feel like starting with definitions again. So oh, maybe that's a bit of a doctor me. So, okay. So let's start <laughs> off with alcoholic. What do you mean by alcoholic? Yeah. No, that's kind of the doctor in me. But it, but it is important to sort of like get a, get a sense of what's going on. Like what mm. is the thing that makes that... What is the troublesome thing right now? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the situation? What's the context? Do you both agree that the problem is the same? Mm -hmm. Um, Or that there is a problem? Yeah. Particularly, I think when it comes to unhealthy behaviors, Mm. we can have different views, can't we, about what's acceptable and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to that alignment point, then if we don't agree and there isn't that kind of... If something is a a bit of a showstopper or it's a deal breaker for you, then it's important to communicate that. Um, But yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have really thought about defining that, you know, my husband's an alcoholic. I wouldn't have thought about defining that, but it's a good first step to say, what is it? What is it about your husband's behavior that you're unhappy with? Mm -hmm. And then the other question I'd follow that up with is what have you done so far to address the situation? Hmm. And safety check here too, right? So uh, yeah. domestic violence obviously uh, is something to probably just, you know, that that would be a sort of a faster yes, you need to get out and hear some yeah. um, local organizations. Uh, are there children involved? Yep, that's that's sort of a more get out situation. Yeah. And I watched, um, I watched Made this week on Netflix. Oh, 
it just broke my heart. Really? Yeah, I mean... I've been thinking of watching that. So if anybody doesn't know, so Maid is about a, a girl that is caught up in domestic violence, mm. but it it's, it wasn't physical violence, it was more emotional violence mm. that was driven and born out of um, excessive alcohol drinking. Mm. And, um, and this the guy in the program did identify as being an alcoholic um and it, so it was all and it was you know that's simplified in terms of description but um i was i watched this quite quickly over the course of a few nights um and it just it broke my heart i was in tears mm. I, I reached the end of it and i was crying inconsolably <sighs> but what i liked about it was it was for a story that was tough to watch and to to listen to, it was incredibly well made, mm. and they were very sympathetic. I would say as to how they've produced the program, mm. and it's really important for us to watch things like that that shine a light on situations that maybe we haven't been party to before, or mm. we haven't got as great an awareness. Because I think it really helps to stretch that empathy muscle mm. to understand that what is a problem or a challenge for somebody may then would be perceived as a different situation or problem for another person. So having that real empathy. So in this question about, you know, this listener is obviously having a challenge and a problem and it's about understanding that. And as you say, if you are in a situation where you feel like you, whether even if domestic, even the, if the violence element isn't there, if there's domestic abuse there in the form of emotional and uh, mental um, torture, then it is time to absolutely address it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes great courage to do that as well, mm. to step out of a situation where you feel a lot of love and admiration for somebody, mm. but you're unhappy with their behavior is it's difficult, isn't it? To step out of that. And I think that's yeah. why this question is being raised because the last part about is it okay to leave him if he won't get help is really uh, that's where some of the kind of shame is coming in there and feeling like there's a sense of responsibility or guilt is what I'm hearing through that part of the mm. question. Gosh, I think so. But I, I think it also speaks to when somebody has an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, and of course, in this is very cheap, like it's very cliche, but it's absolutely true, is the problem for the person who abuses alcohol is it's never the alcohol. The alcohol is the solution, right? So yeah. there's usually underlying anxiety or yeah. trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the problem is not the alcohol. It's actually the unaddressed uh, trauma or, or anxiety So uh, yeah. or other host of other things. Um, so I think the thing is, if this person was very clear and had no attachment to this, you know, and was like done and on their last straw, they would be out the door. They wouldn't be asking the question to us. Yeah. But there is conflict because the thing is, is that there are some very beautiful moments in their relationship, even still. So yeah. when their partner sobers up, when they have these moments of insight, perhaps in tears, I'm so sorry, I need to get better. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, and those are, those can be very addictively loving moments together yeah. where yeah. it makes it feel like all that, you know, pain was almost worth it. Or it's very, it's, it's because it, there is confusion for the brain, doesn't it? Yeah. The brain gets really confused yeah. by that because I don't know what situation I'm in. Am, I, am yeah. I in a situation that is unsafe, unhealthy, unhappy, or am I in a situation that is loving and caring and, and I've got somebody by my side? 
Well, because in a week, you're going to have both of those showing up very strongly to get yeah. like in different moments. So, yeah. and oftentimes people talk about that. I don't know what version I'm going to get. Yeah. There's an unpredictability. The highs are so great. The lows are so awful, but yeah. there's this swing of that the highs can sometimes, you know, and we, you get lost in the sauce here. It's just gets, it's so complicated. It just makes it, it makes it very hard, you know. Are you allowed to leave? Sure. But you find you're, you're having a trouble determining whether you should, what, what to do. That's why you're asking yeah. the question. Yeah. Because there's so many emotions at play. Mm. And fundamentally, yeah, this true. person is such a beautiful person. A lot of, a lot of the things that, you know, a lot of the things make them very beautiful. So they're, they're, they might be very vulnerable. They might be very, there's so many things that you love about this, this person, Mm. Um, and, and that is part of their, the trauma and their suffering. It, it also makes them very beautiful, very lovable and relatable. Yeah. I, I can't remember who said it, but you know, folks who struggle with addiction, for example, are far closer to sort of self-realization than the general population or, or most other folks that mm. they've really had sort of like the dark days of reckoning. And they've really sort of looked at themselves, looked at the reality of, of existence in a, in a much closer way. So there's something very attractive to somebody who's, who, who really knows the shit, <laughs> like mm. the, the, the shit of it, it, it's captivating. But as the outsider looking in, what, what is it that you then do in that situation? Because you, they may have those moments of realization and you can see that and you can see the beauty in it, but how do you get to a position where you're comfortable with the relationship the majority of the time rather than some of the time and generally if there's an unaddressed substance use disorder this generally does not lend itself to a long happy relationship like if somebody has agency to leave eventually they they will leave this situation if they're the partner of somebody who uh, abuses or is dependent on substances it's just a matter of time before they you know a lot of the time it, it, you know I guess the first step would be sort of looking into yourself, like what are the goals for my life? If there's children involved, what are the goals for my family? What do I want to mm. see for ourselves? What do I deserve? We lose sight of those things. So, so starting off with painting, sort of a painting, a, do some visioning. And, and this is, uh, there's nothing that c is reductive or simple about this. So, you know, any advice that we or I have is just like, it's dwarfed by the immense emotional tangle of this situation. But Mm. But the, the first thing is to sort of come in to focus on yourself because the alcohol becomes the biggest problem in the room here and you lose yourself, your partner loses themselves, you know, start to unearth these questions of, well, what do I want my life to look like? Like, what do I, what hopes and dreams and things would I like for me and my family? Yeah. And that can be really tough to do, um, for anybody, but I think if you're in this situation, it's even harder because, I'm guessing the energy levels aren't kind of way up there. Um, if you're dealing with a constant struggle or you've got that weight on your mind of not knowing which husband you're going to get on any given day, any given moment, mm -hmm. that's exhausting mentally and yeah. physically. Um, so to then move to do some visioning around what would the future look like yeah. can feel like an impossible task because yeah. you can't see anything beyond the reality that's right there in front of you. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, to be honest, mm. like oftentimes where I go is is taking a physical break out of the situation. So you can even start mm. to think because it's just it's such a such a roller coaster 
that yeah. getting physical space, whether a separation to sort of hear yourself again is, is probably for me, that's kind of what's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I think creating space is a good idea. I think get some help as well. Um, yeah. This isn't something that's an easy situation to be in. And often shame can prevent us from getting help, mm -hmm. but there is no shame in the situation. It is a situation. Um, that's what's going on mm -hmm. and not seeking help or support will only mean that you feel like you've got even more of a burden on your shoulders mm -hmm. and put you in a position where you continue to feel like you haven't got the strength to face it. Mm -hmm. So that is true. And not to sort of say that one sort of ideology is better than the other and some 12 step programs, they're faith based. They often don't resonate with folks, but Alcoholics Anonymous, for example, has a bunch of chapters like all over the world for family members and spouses. Yeah. Um, and that's an incredible. So even if your partner is not seeking help, refuses to seek help, that doesn't actually stop you because they still can. Yeah. And in yeah, fact, actually the nature of the disorder is denial. Mm. And so there's millions of family members who are struggling as spouses and family members of folks who struggle with substance um, abuse and dependence. Um, so there's tons of resources and like volunteer chapters all over the world. Just mm. Google and you'll you'll find uh, a group near you. A lot of virtual yeah. stuff here too. Yeah. Uh, but it is incredible to start too because once you start to kind of get together with people and realize like, oh my gosh, that's the same pattern. And there's, there's patterns to the use. There's patterns to the behavior. Mm. And there's patterns to the way that folks are treated. And just knowing that there's a solidarity and like, oh yeah, that's what happens to me too is yeah. – it, it can really illuminate, oh, I'm not alone. This is sort of what happens. And then you can start to kind of build your strength in terms of, you know, sort of presenting, you know, getting quite clear from yourself as to where, where, what choices you want to make, because you can't make, then this is the hardest scenario. You can't make other people do things. You can't yeah. make somebody not drink, for example. Yeah. Yeah. But having that group support and knowing that what you're going through is normal and not often when we're faced with a challenging situation, the first place that we go is internal blame. Mm -hmm. So we start to think about, well, what have I done? How am I contributing to the situation? Because we know that we can't, we can't make anybody else do anything. It's a natural reaction to go inwards and mm -hmm. to start to, to look at the patterns of behavior that we have as opposed to looking at what else is going on holistically within the relationship. But knowing that you're going through something that somebody else is going through, having that solidarity, as you say, helps you to feel normal about the situation. Mm -hmm. And I will say that there are some people who have heard from their partner, you're the person, you're the reason why I drink. I drink because yeah. I'm stressed. I drink because of the children. I drink because, you know, and that is a very, that's a very rational reason as to why you would blame yourself, right? Because yeah. your partner who's in denial is trying to sort of shift yeah. the blame on, onto you. Or, or you hear the other thing, don't you, around, you're just trying to spoil my fun. Mm. You're, um, so you get that other mm -hmm. side of it as well, which you're just a buzzkill. Mm -hmm. You're taking all the joy out of the relationship. Which is really hard in a setting where, Folks have a lot of friends who mm. abuse alcohol. And yeah. so it's a very hard thing to call is like if somebody drinks eight beer in a, in a night, you know, as a partner, you might be like, that's unhealthy. And as a physician, I'll be like, that's unhealthy. That's binge drinking. But the problem is if you've got a whole bunch of people who also, um, sort of consume alcohol in an unhealthy way, then they don't seem abnormal. And you're, you yeah. as the person trying to highlight a problem seem abnormal. You feel like the minor in the minority. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it can actually help to sort of get out and to get support and to realize that like, you know, you're raising concern for a reason because there is going to be a lot of blocks of denial. Nobody likes changing. Why would you want to do hard things? Like nobody likes doing hard things. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the process of, you know, for folks who I've coached who are in AA and so forth, it's an incredibly grueling mm. process because, you know, there's people who are now having to face anxiety and trauma without alcohol because they're abstinent. And it, it is incredibly hard. I, you know, it's so funny how, like, if somebody is, is abstinent, the partner who has been highlighting the problems, they, they feel happy now because they're like, oh, look, my partner's changing that's the the start of the hell for the person mm. who is who is trying to uh, address alcohol dependence. Yeah. Having to live sober and have all those feelings and not have anything to make those feelings go away is torture. But it is doable and it is possible. So we do see people who go through the process who start to tackle some of those demons yeah. Yeah. and and then can move beyond that and and live a happy a happy healthy life with their right. partner. Right. So I think that's the other side of it is to the the side of hope. And um, there's a much bigger movement, I think, on our around um, sobriety. And it doesn't have the same stigma that it used to have. I think you're starting to see a lot more um, awareness about alcohol, awareness about the joys of of living a sober existence. Mm. So I think that presents, again, a, a whole different level of of hope to move forward too, where it's not quite, you don't quite feel stigmatized if you're not, if you haven't got a drink in your hand. True. A relationship issue that can come up is when, so when I see folks who are going through the process of sobriety, the friendships that they develop in that process among others who themselves are struggling with dependence, Mm. those friendships can sometimes be the strongest and can sometimes, you know, you can have your partner who's actually confiding in their fellow AA members and they don't tell their partner. So that's the other, sometimes partners can actually feel a little bit like left out because left in the dark, because um, that process is so intimate to oneself. And mm. so sometimes their fellow sober friends, they can have a bond with them that they don't even have that sort of bond with their partner. Because mm. um, it's not just kicking alcohol. It's not like the, 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 everything doesn't get done and dusted when, you know, alcohol bottles are, are thrown out. Well, that's, as you say, that's the start of the journey, isn't it? Yeah. It's a hard question. It is a tough question. It is a tough question. I think there's there's a lot of emotion caught up in it. There's a lot of um sense of responsibility, some feelings of guilt in there. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of emotions in the mix. Mm-hmm. I think we're saying don't do it alone. <laughs> don't do it alone. Um but also anything's possible. Um whilst we can't force anybody to do anything, mm-hmm. they individually we can all have moments of sheer clarity and awareness about what we next need to do and and often the fear of something disappearing overnight can be a catalyst for change as well mm, yeah all right <laughs> well we're Heavy not ending. hard of the we're, we're not afraid of the hard stuff <laughs> we're not yeah. um trying to think what i need right now <laughs> <laughs> well not alcohol <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i think maybe a good peppermint tea <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Absolutely. We do make a lot of jokes about um, you know, having a good stiff drink. And it's it is funny though cuz like that I do have to be aware like that sometimes that isn't a joke for some folks who for whom that is that can be a very triggering comment. So I do have to sort of mind myself and say 
We're not going to be doing mimosas after this podcast. We're going to be doing peppermint tea. And for me, coffee without Baileys. See how many <laughs> references to alcohol we made? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not big and it's not clever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, the challenge is, though, it's, it's a massive, it is still, whilst, you know, there is a more of a movement, I think, to sobriety and you see kind of, you know, so more and more brands of sober drinks to mm-hmm. are being campaigned to put into to pubs so people have the choice mm-hmm. as to whether they want to have a drink or not and, and what they have. But it is still a massive part of, of life. And especially, I think, with Christmas coming up, mm-hmm. uh, that's often a very difficult and triggering time, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. celebrations are generally built around alcohol. Oh, yeah. But we're always in choice. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And it's true, like the person asking this question, this is unfortunately a very hard season coming up because it's very hard to sort of, you know, so again, I guess leaning in, getting connected, don't do it alone, reach out to people, reach out to support. I I would definitely as a partner sort of be pre-season, be reaching out to some of the um, sort of group 12-step support, you know, networks around the world, you know, spouse and family, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. All right. So, well, another week. Yes. Another week closer to spring. I, we've had our first snowfall here and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with winter. The <laughs> snow is very pretty. Um, that was great. <laughs> and now there's just another six months left to go. <laughs> oh, it's no. look, it looks nice, but it does cause a bit of chaos, particularly yeah. if it ever happens in Jersey because we're just not used to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it causes all manner of issues with oh. closures of schools, closures yeah. of roads, closures of work and just general disruption for people. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Let's see what winter brings. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay. So till next week. Yes. You and I will be seeing you same time, same place. Okay. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.